now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson, and good evening, everyone. Welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. It's a pleasure to welcome you in the aboard tonight. Hey, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. As always, let me give you a little rundown about what we're going to be doing. First out of the gate, we're going to have Sean Warner. Sean is with the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation. They've been uh, running a stocking program up in Bridgeport. And we're going to check in with Sean to just see how successful that program has been since they initiated it in 2003. And then after Sean comes Captain Bill Wilkerson. You better believe it. Captain Bill, owner-operator of Malahini Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. We're going to find out when the Malahini is going to be online, where it's been, and what kind of trips the Malahini is going to be offering when it finally arrives at H&M Landing. And then with us tonight also, Rob and Lo- <coughs> Rob Tesler and Lori Heath are with us. Hey, Rob and Lori, how you doing? They're live with us here in San Diego. Hi, doing great. How about you? Hey, how you doing, John? Glad to be here. Yeah, hey, you. glad to have you guys here. We're going to talk a little bit, you know, Rob, I know we know you from freshwater fishing from uh, a long time ago. You and Lori, for maybe the past three or four years now, you've been really hitting the saltwater hard. And and you came up with a great article on onboard etiquette, especially call it like Etiquette 101 on the sports fishing boats. We're going to talk a little bit about that, have your observations. And obviously my co-host will chime in too because they've – been there, done that for a long, long, long time. And then if we get the opportunity, we're going to reminisce a little bit about a friend of ours that we lost this past week, Mr. Jimmy Pierce from Leadmasters. Jimmy passed away of conjunctive heart failure here a few uh, days ago. We'll talk a little bit about Jimmy, his importance to the industry, but more importantly, what a good friend he was to all of us here in the fishing industry. But before we get on to that, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. First of all, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-FASTBOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing? Alive and well. Underfished this week. I haven't been on the pond for a whole week. Oh, my gosh. What's wrong? <laughs> you must be going into withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of kind of twitchy. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I've got Rob... Uh, Tesla and Lori Heath with us, and Rob and Lori, they just came back. 
from an overnight trip, and they got so fidgety this morning because they weren't fishing. They went out and, and fished in the bay, so it's. Uh, <laughs> I know how well, it see, is when you I go understand through. that. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> hey, let me introduce our listening audience to my other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She is indeed our outdoor hunting expert and one heck of a fisher lady, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. I've oh, been man. running around with my head cut off. I went Friday, I went to Santa Barbara for the Ducks Unlimited banquet. Then uh, Saturday, yesterday, I had two banquets, the CCA LA chapter banquet and then the California Waterfell banquet right after that. So I'm kind of banqueted out. Well, How'd the CCA banquet go, Wynn? Oh, it was great. We had a great turnout, and it was a lot of fun for a great cause. Now, Wendy, they normally have a raffle at those things, and in past years, well, at any of these banquets, you are uncommonly lucky when you clean up at these. Uh, did that luck follow you uh, into 2018? I'm having a bad streak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win a thing all weekend. Oh, no. All three oh, banquets. God, I hate that. I hate that when it happens. Hey, hey well, you know, we have uh, another CCA event coming up on uh, June the, uh, the 2nd, and we'll talk about that later on because it's going to be here in Southern California. Everyone's going to want to get in on that. We'll give you the details in a minute. But, guys, we have our first guest in line. Let's get on over to him. He is from the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation. They have been stocking trout up in the Bridgeport area since 2013. And let's find out how that program's been going, especially this year, because it's been a banner year for fishing up in the eastern Sierras. Please welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Mr. Shane Warner. Shane, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you guys? Uh, we are doing good. You know, f- first of all, the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation. A lot of people may not be familiar with that. Just give us a little background about the foundation and, and what their mission is. Yeah, the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation is, is made up of just all volunteer uh, people within the Bridgeport area and outer line areas. Um, and our, our main mission is to keep people fishing, um, teaching young anglers how to, you know, catch and release, how to fish. And I just think that, that that's, you know, the fishing sport is one of those things where, you know, if you don't teach the young um, generation right now about fishing and how to care for the fish, um, it, it may be a thing of the past. So we're really in, enthused about taking these young kids out. If they don't have a place to go, um, we do have a pontoon boat that was donated um, to the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation. And we can take kids out that have never been fishing before and really trying to push the, the younger anglers as well as the older anglers just to get our name out there. Um, it does really um, enhance the whole Bridgeport area, upper, lower twin, Bridgeport Reservoir, um, East and West Walker Rivers, the Virginia Lake area, all of that is, you know, affected, of course, by, by tourism. And I just wanted to kind of give a plug out there to all the local agencies that are working with us and mm-hmm. trying to help uh, better the fishing in the Sierras and just trying to make more fish available so when people come up, they have a good experience. Well, uh, tell me, what agencies are you talking about that have really helped out and lent a hand? Because I know... 
the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. They get a little heat sometime with their stocking uh, program for trout, especially down here in Southern California. But I know there are areas where they are very effective, and I'm, I'm hoping that's uh, part of what they're doing up in Bridgeport. Yeah, we, we saw a little decline. Um, I'm hearing about the budget for Mono County for stocking. Um, they, they, they had to use some um, funds for some trails that were um, in need of repair, so that kind of took away from a little bit of the stocking program that they have. Um, so we're, we're kind of looking at, we, we as of, uh, when, when the season closed back in November, um, we, we stocked over 1,200 pounds of fish, about 3.5 pounds in size. Wow. So that not only were they in Twin Lakes, but in the Bridgeport Reservoir as well. Now, where are these fish coming from, Shane? Uh, because they're, they're, uh, they're coming up from Desert Springs up in Oregon, and they're, they're trucked here. Um, and we, we basically plant the Bridgeport Reservoir. We plant Upper and Lower Twin, Robinson Creek, East and West Walker, Trumbull Lake, Virginia Lake, um, a lot of the areas that surround Bridgeport to try and enhance that a little bit. Um, one of the, the, the really neat things that we saw was uh, on the season opener, um, and within the first week we had a young teenager catch an 8.3-pound rainbow out of uh, Upper Twin Lakes. So nice. it was a really good experience for him, and, and he got his picture taken. He was a tagged fish, so he's entered into our tournament, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But we're just really trying to push that. That's great. I mean, you don't hear many eights coming out of Upper Twin. Lower Twin, yeah, right. but not Upper Twin. Yeah, and within the first week um, of the of the season opening, we had 90 tagged fish that were brought into Ken's Sporting Goods to be validated, and that gives them a free entry into our June 23rd um, tournament that we're having, which is uh, and it's basically a fundraiser for the BFEF, and so that we can continue the stocking programs. Um, just last year alone, we spent about about $18,000 on fish for you know Upper Twin and Lower Twin, Robinson Creek, Bridgeport Reservoir big in Little Virginia Lakes and Trumbull Lake and, and some of the East and West Walker Rivers as well. Wow. So you put them into, you, you take the trucks up to Virginia also? Yes. Are they free, they're ice-free now? I'm sorry? Are they ice-free now? Are, are you able to get in? Um, right now, that, this, was, this was back in 2017 before it actually froze. Oh, so this really? was we, we had actually done the stocking before the after the season ended, um, with them hopefully letting them give them a couple months before the season opener actually opened up. You know, Shane, that's pretty uh, excellent. How yeah. uh, how are you able to gauge whether the program is successful or not, and uh, how successful has it been? Well, I think just looking at the tagged fish that we've we've seen. Um, I know that probably everybody doesn't report a lot of the tagged fish. We're trying to get the word out that, you know, if you have a tagged fish, you know, bring it in so we can not only track um, how many fish are being caught, but it also gives them an opportunity to get a free entry into our uh, fishing tournament. And I just think that, you know, if everybody that goes up there, they hear about us, they see our stickers, they see our flyers, they see things that are going on that we're trying to do. And I think that it's good because it, when people come from all around, and I've, I've, I've actually witnessed, you know, people coming from Northern California, uh, Southern California, out of state, and Bridgeport has always been, even since I've been a little kid, just a real hot spot for fishing. And I think if we keep these programs going and keep showing people that we're stocking fish, and it's kind of like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come, you know. So 
Um, that's kind of our theory in, in trying to keep a lot of this stocked and a lot of the, the families just coming up to visit the Bridgeport area. I think that's absolutely correct. Over the 50 years I've been fishing up there, it has been spectacularly fun because we know you have a shot at a big fish one at the reservoir or lower twin has really been a target zone also. So especially opening day, I mean, I was at lower twin for many, 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 many years in a row as that was our start spot in the morning. And then we'd go to the reservoir in the afternoon, play around that, and then we'd make a decision on where we were going the next day or, or go back up and do it. Uh, two days in a row the same way, but we were always, the target was bigger fish, and I think that that's a really great way to keep keep people coming back is put the big ones in, let them know, and they will come. There's there's nothing better than to be at the Ken Sporting Goods there in downtown Bridgeport when the people bring them in, and especially the kids, you know, they've got a big smile on their face to get their picture taken. It goes into the collage of pictures that are that are kept there for the season. And it's just fun watching the, the, the younger, um, you know, generation enjoy fishing and, and just getting out in the outdoors. You know, Shane, how about the survivability of these fish that you catch? I mean, the uh, foundation has been planting fish since 2003. Do you get a lot of holdovers from other seasons? And if so, uh, do you have any record of the, the oldest fish that's been caught or the one that had been stocked the, the longest before being caught? You know, I, I, I didn't access that through our president, um, but I do know that, you know, we do have, um, you know, a lot of fish from past, you know, plants that, that we do because each time that we do uh, tag the fish, with a, of course, with a different tag and, and, and marking on them. But uh, one of the things that we've been trying to do is we've, been, we've become so successful in people catching these tagged fish um, a lot of our, you know, our revenue, we were giving them a free entry into the, into the uh, tournament. So that's that's going to lower our amount of money that we're going to have coming in for for future planning because we've got so many ki- people and kids, you know, catching the fish out there that, you know, with the free entry, it's that's usually the entry money that we're using to throw back in the pot to to plant more fish. So we're going to have to kind of be creative in in future events and see if we can't maybe do some better, um, you know, raffles or something like that and maybe get some private donations. But, you know, all in all, all that money that we do raise all goes right back into fishing. So it's been, I mean, $18,000 last year, and, you know, hopefully we can do better this year. I know we have at least two more plantings for 2018 that haven't been determined when and where yet, just yet, but we're looking at our funds, um, looking at, you know, what we're going to be bringing in hopefully on June 23rd for our our tournament and just kind of go from there and see what we can do as far as stocking for the Bridgeport area. Wow. That sounds, it, it sounds like a, a, a fun program, but tell me, could the possibility, I, I know if I were to catch an eight pound trout, probably I take some pictures of it. And my first inclination would be to want to release it and let it grow longer. Is that uh, a practice that is encouraged up there? Could that be happening or is everything up there on a put and take program? Well, you know, the, the Browns have been a real hot ticket item because a lot of these people, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of catch and release. We, we've had some people, you know, take pictures and then release them. And I think what you'll see is in most in lower and upper Twin Lakes and even at the reservoir, there's a lot of people that are, you know, into the catch and release. And, you know, of course, some want to take some home to eat or whatever, especially if you have young children, you know, trying to teach them, you know, if you catch it, you know, you're going to want to eat it. 
So one of the things that we've done is um, we've, we've really tried pushing the catch and release, and that's a real sensitive subject, I know, for a lot of people, you know, just to keep the fishing going, but especially for the brown trout, and, and you know, because we're not able to plant a lot of those, those trout anymore. So, you know, Fish and Game has real, um, you know, strict rules on that. All right. Hey, we are uh, speaking with Shane Warner. He's from the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement F- Foundation. Shane, we've got to take a little break right now. Is there any way I can ask you to stay on for a little bit longer? Sure. Hey, you're listening to Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. Stan Whitney and I will be back after these messages. Hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, we want to welcome you all back to Rod Real Radio. I have uh, Rob Tressler and Lori Heath in the beautiful palatial Angler's Arsenal Studios here in La Mesa. Stan and Wendy are calling in remotely from Southern California. And our guest tonight is Shane Warner, and he is with the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation. And we're talking a little bit about how successful that program is. And Shane, from the pictures I've just seen posted, uh, this seems like not only has it been a banner year for the Bridgeport area, but also for the foundation, there seems to be a lot of fish being caught this season. Yes, there has. There, there's been a lot. This has been a, a great opener. You know, it's basically it's been about, you know, just a, a short time, you know, since the opener has opened. And, you know, with all these fish being caught, <clears throat> it just looks like it's going to be a great year. The fish are real active right now. 
Uh, anglers have been catching a lot of different fish, you know, out of different areas of, of Bridgeport. So I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great year. You know, not only that, it's exciting to hear that you're having young people, you're having experienced people uh, catch them. They're, they're being caught on lures, but then they're also being caught on power bait and stuff like that. So it's just a matter of anybody has a chance of really catching a fish of a lifetime, thanks to the foundation. Yes, and that's very true. I had a friend on my boat last year that caught a, a six-pound, uh, you know, trout, and he was so excited. You know, he you thought he was about 12 years old again, and, you know, um, he, he it was actually a tagged fish, and I've I've still um, haven't had the luck of, of catching a tagged fish yet, but he's coming back to the to the uh, um, coming back to the trout tournament, and he's going to be um, you know ready to go fishing you know on June 23rd. Yeah, uh, just one more thing, and then I want to talk to you about this upcoming uh, Foundation Trout Tournament. We talked a little bit about catch and release. Some of the fishermen may like to release, especially a real nice brown trout. Is it possible to remove the tag and release the fish without the uh, the fish being damaged? Or again, is that a practice not encouraged? Um, you know, I haven't been directly involved with uh, you know the stocking program itself, so that would be a good question. Um, when I get on the air next time, when you guys have me on, I'll I'll have the answer to that and and see what what they're actually doing. See see if you know that if that does affect the fish or not. Okay, now you're uh, making uh, reference to the uh, Bridgeport uh, Fish Enhancement uh, 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 June Trout Tournament. Tell us a little bit about that, what it's all about, and uh, some of the premiums you're offering at that event. Well, a couple of things. I just wanted to throw out there really quick. On June 16th, which is the Saturday before our tournament, Desert Springs uh, Trout Farm out of Oregon is donating fish, and we do our annual Marine Base uh, Fishing Derby for all of the kids um, out there for um, the Marines. And so that's going to be done at their small little pond on base. So we do that the weekend before, and then also that same um, in June we're going to be having the trout tournament, which we're going to have three different divisions. There's going to be a men's, women's, and junior um, divisions. And so it's $60 for adults. And $30 for kids, 15 and under. And out of that, we also give a $500 educational award for one junior participant. So all the names go on a hat. Um, we actually pull an, uh, a ticket out, and whoever is the winning person um, gets that as well. So um, all the kids that participate, they all get a free rod and reel and a plaque. And it's just a really good time. Um, it's been it's been something I've been going to for the last four years, and I become really involved with the Bridgeport Fish and Enhancement Foundation because of this tournament, and it's kind of neat because not only that day of that tournament on the 23rd, but the following day, Hot Ticket Lures um, hosts a, a morning tournament on June 24th, and they basically go from 7 o'clock in the morning until um, noontime is weigh-in, and then it's just uh, usually the pot is split 50-50. Half of it goes to the winning angler, and the other half goes to Bridgeport Fish and Enhancement Foundation on all the proceeds. So lots of good stuff happening up here. Um, we're actually really excited this year. I'm excited about doing more fishing over there. I plan on being over there all the whole month of July. Um, so it's just going to be a lot of fun, I think. What are the boundaries of the uh, of the tournament, uh, Shane? I believe it's going to be the upper lower twin, 
Bridgeport Reservoir, and I think Little Virginia. All right. And if people want more information about the upcoming uh, uh, June uh, trout tournament uh, that the foundation's putting on, how do they get a hold of tickets? Who do they contact? And, and uh, you know, if, if they, uh, they want to come up there and participate. We have a Facebook site, and then we also have, you know, the Bridgeport Fish and Enhancement Foundation uh, site as well. And anybody that's interested can get on, you know, Facebook or, as I said, you know, just get on the uh, website. And it has everything that um, you would need to enter as far as uh, application. And you can, you can get on there now, print it off, send it in to the BFEF um, PO box there in Bridgeport. And I think, you know, pre-registration is always, you know, um, better than just trying to do it the day of. So I encourage everybody that's wanting to come up to the Bridgeport area to make sure that they, they get up here early and find a nice place and make a plan because it's a lot of fun and um, it's, been a, it's been something that my family, I know, looks forward to, you know, every, every year that we go. Right. All right. You can also find out tickets, uh, get tickets at uh, BridgeportFishingEnhancement.com or you can email kh1841 at aol.com, and they will send you the information. Shane, before we leave, it's always interesting to talk to you because I know you are with Cal Fire. There have been times that we've had you on that uh, the forest of California were ablaze. I can't believe just already this year how many forest fires there's been. What is the, the look for this upcoming season? How much in danger are we in having the types of fires that we've had in previous seasons here in California? Well, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see um, we had some late rains. Um, the grass crop is, is pretty high this year. Um, the lower lands on, and lower elevations are starting to turn right now. So you'll probably see a, probably a pretty active August, you know, September, and October um, pretty much an, a normal year, but it all depends, I think, on, on how hot, you know, the weather gets um, and, and a lot of these wind-driven fires that we've seen. Um, it's just all going to depend on what the weather has entailed for us, and it's already kind of been a different year for us, I know, up here in the foothills because we've had changes in temperature of 30 degrees just overnight. And so, you know, it's, it's pretty hard for your body to get acclimated as well as, you know, um, kind of the prediction you know, is going to be kind of hard because it's all going to determine on what the weather, how hot it gets, and how quick the, the fuels are going to be drying out. All right. And the other part you're going to have to deal with is now you've got high water in all the lakes, and the fish, a lot of the fish aren't feeding. They're still feeding in the areas that they were before, especially midgefly and all that. They haven't, the fish, there's no growth, new growth in the uh, in the lakes where the lakes are high now. So it's it makes that challenge for the fishermen to try to find that fish. Yes, and we also, real quick, we had a, um, a hit over here. We, on March 22nd, we had a real severe storm that came through. They're calling it a 100-year storm here in Tuolumne County, and we lost over a million fish out of the moccasin fish hatchery. Um, the dam, the, the spillway overflowed from Hetch Hetchy, which supplies water to San Francisco, and all those fish got washed out of the the feeding bays that they're in, and um, either some of them washed down the Moccasin Creek or a lot of them got, got trapped and they died. So a lot of these, these fish are, you know, it's going to take a while for this uh, hatchery to kind of regain progress, I know, here in the Tuolumne County, Mariposa County area. So 
we're seeing a big hit just you know on our side of the of the mountain because I live up by Yosemite, and then we we frequently go over to Bridgeport. So um, I know on our side of the the mountain over here, it's going to be kind of uh, touch and go as far as you know stocking and planting goes. All mm. right. Well, Shane, with the uh, Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation, thank you for helping helping so many fishers uh, fishermen just have a record season up here in the high Sierras. And we hope the trout tournament comes out well and that you people can continue to support fishing here uh, in the Bridgeport area and even beyond. And we want to thank you so much for your efforts. Well, I want to thank you guys and thank Wendy and Stan and yourself uh, for having me. And, I, you know, I always want to give a local plug. Um, you know, all these, these agencies... And a lot of the business owners that, that live there full-time, you know, they, they make their, their money during the summertime and the fishing season. So as long as we can keep going up there and supporting them, you know, they're going to have, you know, places for us to stay and food for us when we go up there and visit. So I can't say enough, you know, to go up there, um, have a good time with the family, just go and pick a nice camp spot and um, go fishing and, and have fun. And then just remember, if you do have a tagged fish, to, to bring it in and, get it validated, and it gives you a free entry into our tournament. So I wanted to thank you guys again for having me on the radio. Yeah, just one more question from, from Lori, uh, uh, Shane. Yeah, Shane, how much is the, the camping there? We're very interested. Do you have any idea of any information on that? I couldn't hear. Do you have any information on the camping? Yes, there's, a, there's actually camping up there. You have the Forest Service campgrounds along Robinson Creek. You have camping at Lower Twin and Upper Twin. Um, there's camping on the reservoir at the Bridge, Bridgeport um, Marina, and then also what they, they they have another campground there, Paradise Shores along the Bridgeport Reservoir as well. Okay, great. Thank you very much. We look forward You're to welcome. visiting. Yeah, Shane, you, can you go know up past Doc and Al's and camp on the creek up there, can't you? Yes, you can. And I forgot about Doc and Al's as well. They do have some, so I think a couple of sites there as well. Well, Shane, you know it's a symbiotic relationship. People are going to come if they can catch fish. If they're going to come and catch fish, they're going to eat and sleep and take care of, uh, uh, you know, their local needs locally over there. If the fish aren't there, people don't come. So the foundation is really adding to this experience of people coming up and catching fish. So, you know, I know you love the, uh, 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 the, local, uh, the locals up there and the local businesses, but they also have to love you, too, because... You know, you're working together to make this thing work, and congratulations to you on doing that. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward. If anybody hasn't been to the 4th of July celebration that they have downtown, that's another good event that um, I would highly recommend. It's always a lot of fun. A lot of anglers come up just to show their support of the townspeople, and it's just a fun event. So not only are you fishing, but you're getting to, you know, um, uh, basically have fun on the 4th of July. So. Uh, I just appreciate you guys having me on the air and, and um, asking questions, and I just love talking about all of this stuff because it's just something kind of dear to my heart. I can't blame you, and not only that, it's <laughs> a successful program. So thanks for being with us, Shane. Well, thank you, and I appreciate you guys uh, giving me an opportunity to speak on, on the BFEF behalf. So um, we'll look forward in the future to talking with you again. All right. That was all Shane right, Warner thanks. from the uh, uh, Bridgeport Fish Enhancement uh, uh, Foundation. Wendy, just in the uh, couple of three minutes we have left, you happened to mention a casino night coming up. Do you want to give us some of the details about that? Uh, sure. On yeah. uh, June 2nd, we are going to have a casino night, and it's 
uh, CCA, California, Orange County's chapter, actually all of California, but um, this benefit has um, been given by the Orange County chapter. And um, it's going to be so fun. We've got, like, all kinds of tables. We hired a casino um, company to come in, and so there will be a lot of table games and a lot of prizes. Uh, Your dinner ticket includes dinner, uh, beer, wine, rum. It's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. Now, not (laughs) only that, it's fun at the location it's going to be. How did – how were you able to talk, uh, you know, those people into having it there? And tell us where it's going to be. It's going to be at Shimano headquarters. Uh, last year we had it at the headquarters, and, and it's going to be there again this year. And, uh, you know, it's just a great venue to, to go to. And Shimano's been very generous to let us use the facility at no charge. So uh, we could raise more funds. Right, and uh, you know, if you uh, want more information about the uh, the CCA Casino Night put on by uh, Dana Wharf at the Shimano headquarters, uh, get a hold of uh, Ron Owens. You can do it at nine four nine three three one four five five one, or get a hold of R Owens five seventy two at yahoo dot com. Or if you go to the Facebook page for Rod and Reel Radio, uh, you'll find uh, the complete rundown of all the activities, what's happening, how to buy individual tickets, how to buy tables, some of the things that are happening. All the sponsors of CCA in, in Southern California here, of which Rod and Reel Radio is very pleased to be one of them. And, you know, support the event because it sounds like it is going to be one heck of a good time with all our good friends in the industry. It is. I can't wait for the event, and uh, the food's going to be great, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss out on the fun. Go to Eventbrite. Go to our webpage and our Facebook page and sign on up, and uh, hope to see you there. I, Wendy, I know you're looking forward to it because you are the raffle queen, and you've got to You've got to even up for the year, and I know you do very well at these things, as do a lot of other people, because they have some great premiums that they are giving away in support of the CCA of, of California and Southern California. So uh, yeah, I hope you can do it. Just go to the, the Rod and Reel Radio Facebook page and uh, just scroll down, and you will find the information there. I just shared it, too, Wendy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you. Yes, Sharon, girl, invite all your friends. <laughs> hey, guys, let's take a break right now. Uh, I've got uh, Rob Tressler, Lori Heath with us, uh, Stan and Wendy, and coming up next, Captain Bill Wilkerson from Molly Heaney Sports Fishing. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers at Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. 
Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, welcome back to Ron Real Radio. And we want to remind you, this segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can release fish back to the depth that they came from safely that are suffering from barotrauma with the rock lease fish release system look for the rock lease at your local tackle dealer hey stan whitney and i we would like to welcome you back to ron real radio hey we're trying to get a hold of captain bill and having a little trouble doing that in the meantime let's talk a little fishing with our in-studio guest here at anglers arsenal rob tressler and Lori heath and Rob and Lori, I don't know. Rob, going to start you off. You are perennial uh, fishermen here with the fleet here in San Diego. How many trips do you think you guys have taken since the beginning of the season here, or, or let's say January 1st? Uh, we've gone on one boat or another in one form or fashion, anything from half day to one day to day and a half every weekend since the beginning of the year and frankly every weekend pretty much for the past three and a half years other than family <laughs> tragedy weddings and funerals wow <laughs> not, not only that stan and wendy will they go out on an overnight boat leave friday night but if they haven't gotten their fill of fishing they'll hop board the uh, half day boat in the afternoon and go out in the afternoon on that same weekend or a three-quarter day if we can get the, get back early. Then. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, funny uh, funny story on that. Yeah. Yeah, go on, uh, Rob. Uh, a funny story on that. A couple years ago, we were on the O95 on a day and a half, and we got in a little bit early. The boat hit the dock at 4 a.m. in the morning. We immediately jettisoned everything, jumped in our car, and drove down to H&M, and we jumped on the Malahini for three-quarter day and caught yellowtail. We called Perfect. it the, the three-day trip from Hades. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, now, Rob, I know your passion for fishing because you're from Northern California, and you fished a lot of bass, and you, you came on down here, and you converted that passion into saltwater. But, Lori... You're kind of a reasonable-looking person. You do have a life and everything. Really? What the heck got into you? Um, I've been fishing 
I've been fishing since I was three. So, and I did a lot of lake fishing. I've been fishing since I was three, and I've done a lot of lake fishing. Um, and I did ocean fishing uh, prior to coming to San Diego up in Santa Cruz and Capitola area. I would fish off the um, Capitola Wharf and go out on the boats there. They're little tiny skiffs, two-person, with a little uh, barrel in the center. And that's where we would put our bait and put our fish. And it was very simple. We don't have any galley. We don't have any of this fancy stuff. It's basic fishing, um, which is really fun. Um, but it's really nice to come here, too, and also have the galleys and the deckhands and the uh, different types of people that you can meet and learn from, too, because learning on these boats is really awesome because you every day you go out there, you learn something new. Okay. Uh, you know, and Lori, women in fishing, we talk about this a lot, and Wendy, you can chime in, too. Uh, when it, you know, when it comes to, Running out on a three-quarter day boat, half-day boat, or whatever it is, going out by yourself, do you sometimes feel a little intimidated? And, Wendy, let me ask you first about that. You know, I didn't feel intimidated at all when I first started jumping on the boat. It was uh, a really great experience for, for women, or it still is, because, you know, they watch over you like a hawk, and make they want to make sure that you get your your fish in, and exactly. you know what you're doing. So, you know, it, it's great. And don't tell any other women to get on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you are catered to, that's for sure. <laughs> well, well, the fish have a really ele- elegant way of being the great equalizer as to male versus female fishing skills. I can tell you. Lori's kicked my butt all year long this year. I was going to throw her under the bus and go by myself to get my <laughs> ego back, but uh, that hasn't worked. It's Don't presentation, you know. It's, they, they have the softer presentation. I think that's got to be it. <laughs> Something. I always, I always thought it was because we have softer hands and we can feel more, and we pay more attention and we listen. Exactly. What? I agree with that. <laughs> what did you say? I can't fight that. You know, I've got to say, though, Rob, you and Lori make a great couple because of the fact you can't even walk into a tackle store without Lori wanting to come with you and vice versa. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, you working with the blood bank the way you do, I know you have to go out of town, you give seminars and everything else like that, and then you find out that Lori... You're going fishing by yourself, and it's it it's eat your heart out, Rob. That's so messed up. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. A girl's got to do something. She can't just sit at home. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Here's the thing. It was really funny. Something happened just this weekend. This guy was noticing all my gear and stuff, and he's going, "Wow, you have some really nice stuff." And I said, "Yeah, all my gear costs way more than my the fishing rods, my fishing rods, and my and my reels." And um, he goes, wow, you're one lucky girl. And I said, yeah, because I don't wear a big diamond ring. I'd rather have nice reels and nice rods than have a, a piece of, uh, a, you know, piece of jewelry, jewelry on, my, on my ring finger or something. I'd rather, you can't use it. You know, with rods and reels and stuff, you want good quality, and you can use them every day when you go out. And uh, it's nice to have those, uh, that, that nice equipment when you're on that big fish. Wow. Isn't it great yes, that it you is. can... When you can flaunt your bling and go, hey, look at my accurate reel, isn't it? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh gosh. Anyway, hey, so you know, even though, and what what I like about you guys is, 
yeah, the season is almost upon us, and we're getting we're getting you know close to maybe there being some good fishing. But you guys are going out regularly and just catching fish for the joy of catching fish. It isn't that the bluefin are running or the yellow yellowfin or yellowtail or whatever it was, and you don't worry about the weather or anything like that. When you have a chance to go fishing, you take advantage and you do it. Absolutely. Um, well, like yesterday, uh, it was a, it was a bit of a struggle. The water was confused. The fish were confused. I was confused. <laughs> we managed to catch some, but um, even on the way back in, um, we had pod after pod of beautiful dolphins riding the bow wave for miles. And you literally are in a National Geographic movie. You just if you just Take a look around you out there. It's it's stupefyingly beautiful. And I've I've been going offshore since the 70s on commercial boats as well as uh, fishing the oil platforms in the Gulf of Mexico. And every time I go out, I see something new, and I'm amazed. Well, you know, Rob and Stan, you can probably feel that way. Stan, you do a lot of freshwater fishing. Rob, it used to be freshwater fishing all you were doing. Sometimes you... You're in to go back to that, or it's just no looking back, uh, damn the torpedoes and full speed ahead? No, I, I love uh, early spring around uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I get the itch to be back up at Clear Lake in the rattlesnake arm, throwing a big bait for the big girls that are just now starting to move up pre-spawn. And um, also fishing the tournaments up there that I did with my dear friend Bill Durbin, there was nothing like running up to your spot after you've been launched in a tournament, and the sun hadn't even come up yet, and you're watching that pink glow on the, on the horizon, and you're tying on a topwater bait, throwing it into the darkness, and something explodes on it, and good heavens. Yeah. Now, you know, this year, and we are right in the middle of it, the 2018 Yellowtail Derby, and there are different categories in the Yellowtail Derby besides Yellowtail, reinstated the halibut section. Thank you very much, Lori. You're welcome. <laughs> White sea bass and the tuna division. And, Rob, it isn't like you've been letting any moss grow on your north side. You have an entry into this year's uh, tuna division. Tell us about that. Well, you know what my pop used to say, even a blind hog can find an acorn in the woods once in a while. <laughs> and last weekend, uh, we went out on the uh, new Loan, and it was a picky bite. Uh, but the good Lord saw kindly on me, and I had seven fish that hooked up. I only put three on the boat, but one of them was around 60-some-odd pounds, gilled and gutted. It was a nice fish. And uh, just, you know, my theory for my level of experience is getting them to get a bite is, is luck. Yeah, is luck. But um, winding them in and get them on the boat takes some skills, and I could definitely use a tune up there, but it was wonderful. Well, you know, that, that, the one thing about this bluefin, it, it has a way of getting off the hook. It likes to turn straight up with its nose up and shake its head and, and turn the opposite direction and, and shake that hook. And without the right gear, I mean, you can be too stiff or a rod or not stiff enough a rod and haven't got the, the, the tension enough on that hook when, when he does that turn and goes the other way. And that's where the majority of fish are lost in that, that shake when they do that. 
uh, and you can get that right below the boat. I mean, that's the the bummer of the whole thing is oh, that yeah. that yeah. last thirty feet of line is critical. Yeah, that happened to me, Stan. Actually, I was there. I, um, uh, Rob had accidentally switched my rod out, and it ended up being a oh, soft McDonald's. rod, and it went Canada under. The, it went under the boat. It was like it was like so soft. It was horrible. I didn't expect it. Hey guys, let's. Yep. Uh, Let's get to someone that has actually seen these two in action, and I think Wendy and Stan and everyone else like that. He is the owner and operator of Malahini Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing, Captain Bill Wilkerson. Captain Bill, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, Bill. How are you all doing? Hey, yeah, Lori and Rob, they give you a shout-out, and we hope you are doing well, sir. We are doing well indeed. Hi, Lori. Hi, Rob. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, hey, Bill. You know, I, hey, Bill, I, uh, Captain Bill, I know the past, uh, you know, 18 months or so has been kind of a downer for you, but I saw you at uh, Day at the Docks here just a couple of weeks ago, and you had a big grin on your face, and it just seemed you've been rejuvenated because you were, you weren't quite ready to share some good news, but I think, you are ready right now to give us some information on when we can expect to see the Malahidi back at H&M Landing. As of right now, it looks like we're going to drop in the water uh, up in Newport Beach next Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll sit there for approximately a week to a week and a half. That puts us back in San Diego. Hopefully, I'm going to say we were trying to, to drop, well, let's put it as we were trying, we were going to, Explore dropping them in the water uh, on last Monday. But we're waiting for some final pieces to be put together. So it looks like it'll be Tuesday or Wednesday before we actually drop in the water. And it looks like we'll probably be up in Newport Beach, so probably about the 6th or the 7th. We have to come to San Diego and go through our top side, the 7th, 8th, the 9th would be that Saturday. So it looks like we probably won't be online available to start running our trips. So I'm guessing right around the 12th or the 13th of uh, June. Yeah. It's been a real, real tough, you know, week or nine months, ten months, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, to to know that we're coming out on the other side of this, uh, hopefully ready to rock and roll, I think it's going to be really, really important. You know, there's been some changes. As everyone probably already knows, the Malahini is no longer the open party three-quarter day boat at H&M Landing. Uh, but in the same breath, uh, we still plan on uh, running our regular schedule like we do. Uh, the only difference is you're going to have to go to uh, the MalahiniSportFishing.com website. Uh, and that's obviously www.MalahiniSportFishing.com. Uh, we have our, uh, we'll have our online booking page up and running here by the 1st of uh, June. Uh, we're going to start taking reservations, hopefully starting the 26th or 27th by phone. And that phone number itself is uh, 844-619-FISH. That's 844 uh, 619 I missed the I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just fish. Just remember fish. It's just fish. <laughs> we'll see you on the boat, Bill. Yeah, we'll now, definitely. Exactly. No, no. And, you know, I mean, 
if, if everything goes as planned, uh, like I said, we'll start making our, our reservations here online by the, I'm hoping by the 2nd or 3rd of, of June. And I'm hoping to have a full boat our first trip out for the year. And uh, I understand they're fishing offshore. I'm not sure where we're going to fish. I'd like to take a look at the islands because nobody's actually fished the islands. That's right. There's you know, Yellowtail really at the South like Kelp Ridge, and, and no one's going there. Yeah. Hey, uh, Cap Bill, I have Robin Laurie here. And, Robin Laurie, you, too, have fished the Malahini a lot in the times you've been fishing out here. What? What what are some of the features of the Malahini that you really like? Oh, the the bow oh, is amazing um, for casting, especially for surface iron. Um, it's an amazing boat. It's the first boat we ever fished on uh, when we came to San Diego, and we met Bill and um, all the crew, and they're just amazing. It's just a really really fishy boat. Um, it's large, um, great galley, and um, and just a a real a, a real platform for yes. me in particular. I'm a I'm a surface iron guy, so the long rod and the jig stick uh, for the yellowtail is one of my favorite ways of fishing in the world. And the Malahini has the largest bow. It's like an aircraft carrier on the front. You can put 16 people up there with long rods, and there's no problem, you know, fishing around it. It's marvelous as far as a fishing platform. Not only that, uh, the great camaraderie on the boat because of the fact that. Amen. You know, it, it isn't like, you know, there's a, I don't want to say, how can I say it? There's a lot of people who have the same commonality. They like going out on the three-quarter day boats because, you know, you can take more more trips because uh, it isn't as expensive. You know, you catch a, right. a good chance of catching the local fish if you're really into eating fish. So it gets to be after a little while. It's a lot of the same group of the people, and you almost feel like you're in a club. Exactly, like family. Yeah, you know, and, and something else, guys, uh, I really believe with us, and some people say some people say it's kind of a drag, but I, I really don't believe it's a drag. Uh, with us not being the open party boat and having to fish the Coronado Islands, we can mix it up and pretty much do whatever we want to do. You know, we're going to have a schedule put together and posted uh, on the website, you know, so you people can, you know, our, our anglers can pick their poison. You know, I'm pretty sure at some point in time we're going to throw in some three-quarter day local trips, some offshore trips, but they'll 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 know a week in advance of what's going on. And you know, with our three-quarter day trips, we'll be able to fish anywhere from. Uh... Are you there? Yeah, we're yeah. here, Bill. Yeah, we're here. Oh, yeah, with our three-quarter day local trips that we have planned, we'll be able to fish anywhere from uh, the border of of uh, Mexico, Imperial Beach, all the way up to uh, Torrey Pines, Del Mar area. There's excellent fishing up there during the summer and spring. I mean, summer and fall, you know, as far as yellowtail for surface iron yeah. and, you know, things like that. You have the when you put that there out there, if you put that out there, you know, a week ahead of time, hey, the next week we're going to be targeting this, you know, kelp and we're all going to be throwing surface iron and bring your long rods and, and get ready. You know, that's you're going to have the grip of people that are just going to say, let's go on that one. That'll be fun. And then on next week, all of a sudden, that bluefin pops up, and it's close. We're going to target that bluefin again, guys. You know, bring your big stuff and get ready to rock and roll. I mean, that right there is worthwhile because people are really looking for that. Exactly. Hey, hey Captain Bill, we've got to take a break right now. Can you stay with us a little longer, please? 
Yeah, most definitely. All right. Hey, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM 540 or at rodreelradio.com. If you missed any of the show, you can just go to rodreelradio.com, hit the archive page, and go down and scroll down to the date you're looking for or the guest you want to listen to. Hey, we're going to take a break, but we'll be right back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters. The PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag. Quantum Fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners. Be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen, including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words Code Group in the App Store on your smartphone. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfill my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio, everyone. And with us now is our special guest for this hour, Captain Bill Wilkerson from Malahini Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. And we're sort of like welcoming Captain Bill back to the landing after a little bit of a hiatus. Lori Heath and Rob Tressler are with us. Stan and Wendy are on the other lines. And, Lori, you had a question for Captain Bill. Yeah, Bill. Um, are we going to see any differences on the Malahini uh, from what it used to be? Differences in meaning what? Uh, I don't know. Just the, the, from, from, from what we know, the old Malahini. What are we going to see that's new? Have you guys made any uh, changes? There, all the changes have been below the water line. That's oh, all perfect, I'm going to say. Then. You might you might notice an increase in speed. 
Oh, yes. There we go. I'm going to leave that at that. That's perfect. You know, uh, I'm going to leave that at that. I like that. Captain no, Bill, you know. Look, no, it's, 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 I can't really go into details well, the, for certain reasons. I'm not going to elaborate any further than that. Well, but yeah, it's, it's basically a brand new boat, if you will, from the waterline down. Nice. Okay, well, besides, uh, Lori isn't about ready to climb below deck and, uh, you know, chase the bulkhead or anything like that. So <laughs> I don't think you have to Oh, you know, it's all good. You know, but what, what I was alluding to earlier, you know, I mean, there's, there's, I believe that there's a market, you know, for a boat that doesn't have a dedicated run that will be able to change on the fly, you know, a week's notice. Hey, guys, you know, this stuff is biting up off La Jolla, you know, and it's a combination thing, you know, 10 to 12 miles off the beach or in, in the kelp line up in Torrey Pines. We're going to go up there and we're going to see can't whack out some, uh, you know, yellowtail. Oh, there's some bluefin tuna just outside, you know, of where we're fishing yellowtail. Let's go out there and take a look at that, too. You know, and and with, with the time frame that I have in mind of doing all these trips, and setting these trips up a week in advance, I, I believe it's going to be beneficial not only to our to to the people who fish with us, but for those people who necessarily don't want to get up at three thirty in the morning to come down to a landing. You know, they they I have a set time that I can. Well, I really don't have a set time that I can leave. If we've got to run, you know, thirty five forty miles, we can leave at three o'clock in the morning because I'll have I'll have all my permits and everything else that I'll need. I don't intend to do that, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying it's just an option. <laughs> you know, Captain Bill, you know, we have Rob and Lori with us, and a little later on we're going to be talking a little bit about boat etiquette and some of the things they've learned in uh, their experiences fishing as a couple. But, Rob, you were telling me during the break that you actually, with all the fishing that you do, you kind of honed your teeth on the Malahini when it came to fishing yellowtail. Tell us that story. Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember the very first trip we went on, Lori and I didn't have a clue, and I had brought my old jig masters from the 1970s I used in the Gulf of Mexico, and they said they were going to do this thing called yo-yo fishing, and I thought, perfect, <laughs> sign me up. One to <laughs> one. Yeah, there we go. I think they might be four to one on a really small spool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we didn't have a clue. But um, um, Mike Zayak, Anibal Fridas, guys that are now captains for other boats, were the deckhands and crew. And they held us by the hand and really showed us. Alec, um, who's now going to be driving the Grande, they were deckhands. And they gave us, you know, they babysat us the first several trips and got us through the stress of watching everybody else around us slay the fish while we stood there wide-eyed, cross-eyed, and fishless. I remember Jerry Sue throwing our, the, the, the kitchen cook throwing her surface iron out there, loading up on a 25-pounder, and very nonchalantly looking at me and Lori standing there like deer in the headlights and saying, you guys want this fish? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, right? thank you. Holy moly. <laughs> But it was a real tutorial on that boat. You know, uh, speaking of uh, Alex Stockfield and Anibal Fredis, you know, I mean, looking back at those two guys when they first, uh, when I first took over the boat and purchased it, and to see them running boats now, 
I think that's a testament as to, as to uh, not just myself, but Mike Schmidt, which was a business partner of mine who ran the building. Also, Mike uh, Zayak, which was which is my full-time captain, you know yeah. what I mean? As to them teaching, you know, and letting them guys run wild. And they, them stepping up. Alex went and fished uh, long range for a year, came back and got the position on the Grande. Uh, Anibal uh, left Malahini and went over to uh, Liberty Sports Fishing and got his shot to run that boat. And I think they're doing very well. They are. A funny story about Mike Zayak, who really uh, taught me a lot about surface iron. And I got I could cast a rod. I mean, anybody can learn to practice casting a long way. And we got on a really hard yellowtail by, up by Pukey Point. And I, I got hooked and loaded up on eight big yellowtail. They exploded on the jig. They bit on it. And I missed all eight of them in a row. And I'm standing oh, no. there, and oh no, and Don't I'm standing there, the and Mike, like Mike, fishing to me. exactly. So I hear this quiet, infuriated voice quietly ask me, why are you setting the hook? And I turn around and look straight into the eyes of Mike Zayak. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I never did it again. Who got their first yellowtail? You have to wind through Lori. You can't set the hook. Ask Rob who got their first yellowtail and was on the Malahini. She cheated. I did not. It was me. <laughs> let's let's explain why. To, a lot of people want to ex, don't understand that. You know why? Why not set the hook? You, you know, if you make a, a cast with a, a long cast with a surface iron, you might might be you know seventy five yards away from the boat, yeah. and uh, and that's a, a fair distance when you know you get a biter and he's he's out there that direction. He just clamps onto the bait, and you have got your line that's kind of laid into the water. If you just set the hook, you just picked up three feet of line. He's 75 yards away. That didn't do a doggone thing. If you turn the handle and keep that line coming in until it's tight to the fish, maybe then you can you could lace him once just to lift the rod up, but keep turning the handle because you can't get the hook in the fish until you get solid to the fish. Absolutely. Exactly. But I was a bass fisherman, so I was used to setting the hook. And I looked at him and said, well, I'm a bass fisherman. What do I know? <laughs> he said, don't do it. <laughs> and, that is, and that's really common, though. I mean, I have to tell you guys on my trips, they do it all the time. Hey, don't swing. Turn the handle. I've been, turn the handle, turn the handle, I've turn the been, handle. That's all you got to do. I've been surface iron fishing for almost 20-some-odd years. And every now and then I get too excited, and guess what I do? I try and set the hook. <laughs> I am not going to lock. Well, it happens, and, and guys that wahoo fish, it's even a bigger deal, you know, because everybody wants to make sure they got the hook, and the fish don't do that. Turn the handle, turn the handle, turn the handle, turn the handle. Even on, when you hang out, I don't care, in the ocean, because you're not, nothing's close to the boat when you get bit, usually, unless you're albacore fishing and they're, they're on the boil. But even on your... The big fish, it's turn the handle, get every inch of line that you can every time you can turn the handle and keep them coming. Hey, we're, exactly. speak, we're speaking with Captain Bill Wilkerson from Malahini Sports Fishing. Rob Tressler, Lori Heath are with us, so Stan and Wendy. And, and <clears throat> Captain uh, Bill, you know, one of the things you brought to my attention, and it was like a light going off, you know, we always talk about, Fishermen breaking into fishing by going on half-day and three-quarter-day boats and honing their skills and then slowly graduating maybe to overnight and extended trips. But this also happens with 
the crew too because you know the crew has to start somewhere you don't run 15 day trips on the royal polaris uh just by stepping uh, out of college uh, you've uh, actually earned that down the road of hard knocks and and starting on places like the malahini yes you do indeed as a matter of fact i do believe uh Two of my three deckhands this year are uh, basically going to be, uh, they have fishing experience. Uh, they know how to gaff fish, but, I mean, there's a certain way that we do things uh, on the Malahini that, that they're going to have to learn. You know, it's much easier, honest to God, for uh, myself or one of my other captains to train someone that hasn't, that hasn't got a clue as opposed to training someone supposedly that came off of another boat because the way they do things on the other boat isn't the way we do things on a Malahini. You know what I mean? In, in that sense. So I would almost prefer to have someone that has not, that doesn't have a clue. I mean, I can train them to do everything I would like for them to do the way I, it's done on the boat. Well, then, Bill, I'm your perfect candidate because I still don't have a clue, but I love doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I've always said that, you know, there's one thing that I can control on, on that boat. That is the attitude of my crew. If I get on that boat and I've had a bad day or I'm not feeling it, then my, my, my crew is going to pick up on that, 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 that vibe that I'm putting out. You know, so it's important to me and, and it's important to my crew members that when they get on that boat, as they cross they, that gate, they leave whatever it was that was bugging them on the dock. They can pick it up when they get back. You know, I mean, it's, it's about entertaining our passengers. That's what it's about. You know, I mean, I can't guarantee you the fish are going to bite. I can guarantee you that, that I'm going to do my best or my captains are going to do our best to put you in the best position possible. But, I mean, as far as the fish biting, that's totally on them. I have no that's control true. over that. But I can't control the attitudes and the impressions that my crew members and myself put out to our, to our clientele. I that's true, too. The one thing, course. too, that, that the guys on the boat will recognize, a lot of people, you know, when they're out there, man, I'm not catching them, ask. The guys that are on the boat, you know, what are, maybe what am I, what am I doing wrong? Because a lot of times it's small things make a big difference. Um, yes, and sir. little things that you can, you can change in your presentation, for instance, where you hook your bait, you know, the, a lot of people don't know how to pick a bait. I mean, there's just little things like that that can make a big difference. Sometimes when we're time, fishing, go ahead. Oh, to give you an idea, sometimes... I'll fish a sardine uh, three different ways. I'll fin him across the back, I'll nose hook him, or I'll butt hook him. Yep. And all three of those, all three of those uh, hooks or setups will do three different things. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? You yes, well, and, they will. And you people know, make them go straight out, make them go, them go down. Them or... go down. Yep. Exactly. Well, you know, Why do you send him? Because I want him to slap up on the surface as he's going away from the boat. You know, normally when you nose hook a bait, it goes about two feet down and straight out. All right. Well, Bill, you know, we've been talking here about uh, people starting uh, uh, that are interested in fishing, ladies in fishing. The Malahini 
is a great place to start with the crew that you have, their experience, and what they're able to teach newbies, just like Rob and Lori at one time were, and now they're fan- the fanatics that they are. And, you <laughs> yes, know, indeed. We are so excited to see the Malahini coming on back. In fact, I want to talk to you to see if we can get a charter going. But if people are interested, again, in finding out more about the schedule for the Malahini, what it's going to be doing, how's the best way to go about doing it? All right, now I'm going to say the best way to do is call us at 844-619-FISH. I can't remember what the numbers are, but I can spell F-I-S-H. As of right now, the website itself is almost complete. We're putting the final touches on the uh, booking page. That should be up and live, I'm going to say, by Wednesday or Thursday of next week. And we'll post something on Facebook, you know, let everybody know, hey, we're up, we're running, the web page is live, go check it out. You know, and then they can make, and they'll they'll be able to make a reservation that way. Uh, As far as the statement, uh, uh, 844-619-FISH. 3474. 3474. Billy, I got a quick question. Go, Wendy. Yes, ma'am. Is that is that Jerry Sue that used to work on the searcher that's in your galley? Jerry Sue is no longer there. Jerry Sue, oh, I think okay. she used to work on the searcher. She moved to Mexico, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that I was going to say, just coming for the food, then. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Wendy. Oh, we're still going for the food, Wendy. Uh, Bill's not going to let us down, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Hey, Captain Not Bill, thanks, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. We look forward to talking to you this week. Uh, I want to get a trip together with you, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be really happy to see the Malahini coming back online. Thank, thanks a lot for spending some time with us. Hey, guys, thank you very, very much for having me. Look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Love you, Rob. Love you, Cindy. Love you, guys. Love, Love you, Wendy. Love you, Billy. We'll, we'll be on the boat. <laughs> All right, John boy. Hey. <laughs> good night, Grandpa. Hey, it's not time to say good night yet. Hey, hey, this is Ron Real Radio. We do have to take a break right now. Uh, Otto is whispering in my ear, you're going overtime, you're going overtime. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? 
Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn. Nobody treats you better. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn Jr. For years, my dad said it so often. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And nobody treats you better. And that's so true. Now I am proud to join the Elk Home 4 team because with them, it's all about family. They treat you right. You're part of our family at Elk Home 4. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you at Broadway in East Main and ElkahomeFord.com. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, you heard that message from the California Department of Boating Waterways. You wonder, what, what do they do? Well... One of the things they did here in San Diego this weekend at the Mission Bay Aquatic Center, they had a life vest exchange. And you could go there today, bring your old life vest, and they give you a new life vest. So this is one of the agencies in Sacramento that is working hard to help protect you in safe boating while still promoting having a good time. So California Department of Boating and Waterways, thank you very much for the good work you do. Hey, we have Stan and Wendy with us tonight. Also with us, our special guest, Rob Tressler and Lori Heath. And I've invited Rob and Lori to be with us tonight because, as we've alluded to, in the past three or four years, they've gone from almost being non-fishermen here in San Diego to avid fishermen. And, Rob, you wrote, with the help of Lori, a very eloquent article on fishing etiquette, and you'd probably seen it from the beginning. And while Stan and Wendy and I have been fishing for a long time, you know, we it, it sort of like comes natural. But with you guys, you were sort of like coming on the scene, no? And you know, as you were saying, I'm on the Malahini, not not really knowing what some of the etiquette is. So, if you can, in the short time that we have. Why don't you discuss some of the uh, the elements of fishing el- uh, etiquette on our sports fishing vessels that you've noticed and you think people should be taking special notice of? Yeah, thanks. Well, one of the things over the past couple of years that Lori and I have noticed is and appreciate is like it's just like when you get on a boat, especially a sport fishing boat with a captain and crew, you're basically it's their house and. If you think of it that way, there's some common sense courtesies that kick in. Um, because one of the things that's personally happened to me, I nearly turned my ankle, is folks were throwing their bottles and their cans just on the deck, assuming that the deck hands would pick up the trash and throw it away later. And you're walking around on the deck fighting a fish, and you step on a rolling plastic water bottle. Or people are taking their bait, putting it on the rail, teak rails, and then forgetting about it and letting the sun weld it to the rail. Or literally one guy 
was cutting his bait with a knife on a teak rail. And I said, hey. I said, no. And I said, so what if someone did that on your family table? You know, so there's just some common sense etiquette, and it applies to the crew, and it applies to your fellow anglers. Um, I mean, we all hear, and the crew usually does a really good job on all these boats of saying, no angles, no tangles, wind in your face if you're fishing bait. Be aware of your your fellow fishermen that are on the boat with you. And, and you know, you have the courtesy of someone that's fighting a fish to give them right-of-way. So that the etiquette that I was focusing on in that article partly was with that, but what more so it was about you're on someone's home or in someone's home, and pick up your trash, you know. Um, stay out of the way when they're berthing or docking a boat or putting the anchor down and things like that. And um, make sure to re- appreciate the hard work these people put in. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I sometimes believe the deckhands and the captain more fiercely want you to catch a fish than you want to catch a fish. Lori and I are far enough along now where if we walk down the gangway and get on the boat, we're already happy. If we catch some fish, great. If we don't, it's going to be a wonderful trip anyway for us. I'm not saying everybody needs to be that way, but a lot of that goes into the fact that the crew is taking care of us. And what we've also learned is if you take care of the crew by cleaning up of yourself, staying out of the way, and doing things like that, it makes their day easier. And they're going to focus more on helping you to catch fish instead of cleaning up after you. So it, it actually benefits you by doing these little things and having a respect for the boat as you would for visiting someone at their home. Lori, I know you are very meticulous when it comes to your gear. Oh, and, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I know her better than I thought. What is one of your pet peeves that you see on the boats that you really wish people would pay particular attention to? Um, When they're walking along the rail, they're walking by other people's rods and rails um, to be courteous and not to touch other people's equipment. Don't touch their rods or touch their reels. And uh, if something's knocked down, put it back and be careful with it because that's just expensive. And I've seen people just grab other people's rods and reels and start using them, not even knowing that, that they think it might be a rental rod or yeah. it might just be um, or it might be theirs and, it, and it's not. Um, other things that I, I notice um, is <laughs> there's bait constantly on the ground, too. People don't kick it off and clean it off, and people can slip and fall on that, too. And I've had a couple issues with that. So I think making sure you kick that bait out of the way. If it drops, pick it up and throw it out. It'll, it's more chum in the water. Yeah. Uh, Stan and Wendy, uh, I wanted you to pipe in, too, because you've been down the road a few times when it comes to going on our sports fishing boats. And, Wendy, let me uh, start off with you. Is is there a particular pet peeve that you see that you wish people would pay a little more attention to? Uh, you know, they covered a lot of it, and I've had my um, expensive trolling rods taken and people using it, you know, and not even knowing you know, asking, but, you know, I think it's just a mistake, but they need to be aware. But one of the uh, main things for me is follow your line. Loose line is always a huge problem on these Amen. boats. Amen. And, yep. and, and with spectra, the spectra floats. And so it's just going to get all over the place and weave and bob. And, you know, next thing you know, you're going to have a full-on blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, That's how about yourself? True. 
Well, you know, I mean, little things make a big difference, like they're saying. You know, if you break off, don't stand at the rail and retie your hook. Get out of the way oh, yes. so that people can be there. Go back to the tackle rack, wherever it is, to retie. And, and don't leave it all your rods leaning up against the tackle rack. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, one of those areas that, you know, if you've got to retie, retie one, put the other one back, and get another one if you've got to redo it again. Um, with the, in what they're talking about with spectra, because you can put a bait in the water, and especially if you're fishing mackerel, if you can put a mackerel on, it'll go out and come back, and you think that your line is going straight out with your spectra, and if you're not tight to that bait, if, you back, if you're not back spooling and, and you make contact with your bait, you know where that bait is, you're lost. That fish could be around anybody else's line, and, and now you're going to break the guy off instead of catch your own fish, and now you're going to be everybody's enemy. So, you know, making contact with the bait, making sure that you're, you're, you're in front of your bait, because if the bait is up just a little bit away from you, you know, go over the guy, go under the guy, be proactive with the person next to you, and especially when you hang the fish, if your fish if it's just going a little left, it's probably at the bow when you're at the stern. Yeah. Start making that over and under, do that tuna dance or yellowtail dance or whatever you're catching dance, and work with the person next to you. Kind of watch where your line is and be proactive to, if the guy's coming down, go under and over so that you can tell them what to do duck your head or go over the top of them, make it easy on the other guy. If everybody's looking out for the guy to make sure that the guy next to you catches his fish, no matter what you do, make sure the guy that's got the fish catches his fish. Because if you're looking out for, for his best interest and he's looking out for yours, you'll work together better. You know, Stan, a lot of good points there. And uh, I, I think the big one is if you're hooked up, Always stay in front of your fish. Don't don't be in the corner and your fish is running up towards the bow and you're trying to, you know, muscle it in with uh, another, uh, you know, 15 people on the same side of the boat. And always remember, you do not own the corner, especially when you are doing the tuna shuffle or, or yes. whatever it is. Uh, Excuse me? You are... You're, <laughs> You are actually working against yourself because when you start in line, when you're doing what they call the tuna shuffle, and that means the boat is drifting, and not everyone can fish in, quote, unquote, the sweet spot. So you get in line, and as the boat shifts, you go from left to right or right to left, and then you get in the corner, but you keep on following your bait. And this actually works to your advantage because there's nothing more important than you having the liveliest fresh bait that you can get on. And so if you sit and you camp out in the in the uh, the corner of the boat there while everyone's trying to shuffle around you and do whatever it is, you don't have the freshest bait on and there is a good chance that you're not going to get hooked up nearly as well as some other people that have fresh baits. Rob, and that that it really gets to a key point and for new people on the boat and sadly, for some people that should know better, they're experienced. You're on a boat with a group of people fishing. You're not on that boat by yourself fishing. And me, I had my own boat, own captain, my own little boat. I went and did whatever I wanted, and nobody else mattered. That's not sport fishing. You shoot yourself in the foot as well as irritating others. If you're not aware of the other folks around you and communicating, staying out of the way, 
and helping your partner, and, and not just helping him if they've got a fish on. If you if it's a minor tangle that a guy's starting to get into because he's inexperienced or for whatever reason, and you can help get him out of that tangle, even if you're fine, uh, the deckhands appreciate it, he appreciates it, and it actually ultimately benefits your fishing because probably later that guy was going to get tangled up in you anyway. And the other thing yeah. is you're going to get tangles. You're not going to never get tangled. Stay cool. It happens. If you're calm, you can untangle a lot quicker either by getting the deckhand to help you or working with the gentleman or person you're tangled with than if you get wound up and excited and start pulling and tugging and, and yelling and jumping up and down. That doesn't work. Just stay calm and be aware of the fact that you're not the only person on the boat, and that solves 90% of the problems, I think, that happen. You know, if you if you just watch where your line is, if the guy next to you is hooked up and you're wrapped around him, you make the effort to go, am I over you this way or am I going around you that way? And you take your own rod and go around his rod to get him so he, the guy with the fish has a chance to catch his fish. You know, don't necessarily wait for the deckhand. Which way do I have to go to get untangled? Between two of you, you can usually figure Absolutely. that out. Absolutely. And I had an incident that happened on the Pacific Queen this weekend. I did hook up, and, of course, we had some new people on there, um, you know, that, you know, had their <laughs> their lines going the wrong ways. But it's fine. Um, it was kind of like this little net that was going on. So I just pulled back, <laughs> stepped back, and I let the deckhands take care of it. I kept the pressure on the fish and let them take it out and let them handle it, and I still was able to get the fish in. So just standing back a little bit and letting the deck hands get in there and take care of the situation, it'll help everybody else out. All right. Yep. You know, and uh, always, always, always keep keep a fresh bait on. There's, there's nothing worse than throwing your bait in the water and seeing it kind of flapping around, doing little circles and everything like that, and you're going, man... I just put that thing on, and I want to get the most out of it I can. If that that fish isn't going out there to try and kill something for you, it's time to reel it in, go over to the bait well, and get yourself a new bait and get in line again. Because, you know, Everingham Brothers goes to tremendous effort and expense to get us the best bait they can. The boat owners, they've got these great live wells that they want to keep the bait the best they can. They go through a lot of effort to supply you with that bait. I can't tell you how much that bait is part of the cost of your trip. So take advantage of it. Use Absolutely. it. You know, you're not going to take it home with you. Put a, Keep a fresh bait Some on all the do. time. Yeah. All right. Hey, we don't mean to be picking on people or anything else like that, but I think in our experience, this is some of the things that we've seen over the years and uh, uh, you should actually look forward to. And I, I think truthfully, too, I'm not trying to pontificate, but even every once in a while, I think I kind of forget about that, too. And I got I have to have someone slap me in the, in the sense. And usually it's the deckhand. Always, always, always take the advice of the deckhand. Yes. Yes. They're out there every day. They know normally what the fish are biting on, how to bite, what to do. If you take advantage of them, they don't call these boats party boats for nothing. You're out there to have a good time. So, you know, yeah. I, I was just thinking, if you guys want to know what we're talking about, about, you know, when you hang a fish, move and be proactive with the guy next to you, watch where he's going. If, if, you, if you've never seen that 
work well. You could go to Stoked on Fishing and watch some of the, I mean, we've got a bunch of them that we've filmed for for the uh, Independence or even Intrepid or Top Gun 80, where you watch a group of guys moving without saying a whole lot of anything to each other. They just move to make sure that the guy's going to catch his fish. And even when there's a lot of guys, there's a little chaos, but we don't lose a lot because they work together. But it's fun to watch, and you, you watch the tuna dance happening all in a good, a great arena with a good group of fishermen. I call it synchronized fishing. <laughs> yeah. yep. It's kind yep. of choreographed. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now, and, and thanks a lot for listening to us. Uh, you know, Keep some of those suggestions to, to heart. Remember them. Even even some of you more experienced fishermen, you, you know, uh, it, it help to develop a good time for everybody, and it's going to pay off in dividends. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up next, we're going to remember a friend in the industry who passed away a couple of days ago. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, Rob, Lori, and I will be back after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Stan, Wendy, Rob Tressler, Lori Heath, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. You know, unfortunately, one of the consequences of growing old is we see some of the, our friends 
are not given the opportunity to do so with us. And it seems like this year there have just been a lot of those friends in our industry that have passed away quite suddenly. And, you know, it's a shock to us all because we all believe we're, you know, we're immortal and that we're going to be here forever. But unfortunately, it just not happened, you know, whether it's our personal family or whether it's our fishing family. And we had a loss like that happen to us last week. I think it was a shock to everybody in the industry that this happened. We thought this guy was going to be around forever. And, Wendy, I want you to start off because you were particularly good friends with uh, the fellow I'm referring to, Mr. Jim Pierce. You know, when I first started working in this industry, um, you know, I was a rep, and so I'd, I'd go to all the different tackle stores, and I'd run into Jim, and we'd banter and bicker and make fun of each other. And the first time I really had a conversation with this guy, I mean, because he's a joker for all of us who knows him. Uh, he's the most caring, loving, um, generous, the most generous person you've ever met. But the most irritating person you ever met, too. <laughs> but he is, you know, he was a dear friend. And the first time I met him, I was in Bob Sands Fishing Tackle, and he parked right in front, was complaining about his back, and humming and humming, and making a lot of noise. And I just turned and looked at him and said, why don't you try childbirth? And that was the first time <laughs> you know, Wendy is talking about our good friend Jim Pierce, who is one of the owner and operators of a, a company located in Palmdale, California, called Leadmasters. And if you've ever gone into a Turner's or actually any other bait and tackle store here in Southern California, in the Southwest, or literally in the United States, and you pick up lead weights, sinkers, jig heads, Nets, hats, gaffs, uh, tape, whatever it is. Any jigs, anything, everything. Yeah, yeah, there is a good chance that it was a product that Jim Pierce came up with at Lead Masters. And, Wendy, I've got to agree with you. There are people in this world that you say are genuinely generous, but this was an individual that every day was giving from his heart. And it wasn't necessarily monetary. It could be friendship. It could be advice. It could be some of those barbs of criticism that he would come out with every once in a while. But in, <laughs> in the end, you knew that this man loved you. And he was an individual. A lot of you knew him probably from the Fred Hall shows. Leadmaster, you'd go over, you'd go over and see Leadmaster at one of the Fred Hall shows, and they'd have five jillion baskets or boxfuls of fishing tackle and stuff that you never even thought you'd ever want, but all of a sudden you see it and you'd go, "Man, does that make a lot of sense?" And then you'd see it at a price that was almost ridiculously inexpensive and you'd pick it up and you'd use it and then you a lot of people would come back to the Fred Hall show just to pick up those that one pair of hemostats or the little light that you put on the bill of your cap 
to see at night. These were all types of things that Leadmaster had and Jim had. But when it came to his philanthropy, Wendy, you know this better than anybody, he was a most genuine soul. He was. You know, when it came to anything that had to do to protecting our right to fish, he was the first one to jump on board, make the T-shirts, make the hats, uh, make the signs, uh, make the clothing. I mean, it was just, he was just so generous. And when it came to raising funds, he would donate so much. And, you know, for a lot of guys who don't know him, they might recognize him from his, um, from the bluefin tuna fishery, because when Shimano ran out of flat falls, uh, copy master, excuse me, I mean red master, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, that was his nickname. <laughs> Came out with the full flat instead of the flat falls. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Stan, I know you two on your charters, uh, Jim was always more than generous with the uh, items that he was uh, would offer to make uh, to make the trip for your fishermen more eventful by some of the the giveaways that you had. Well, like Wendy, I've known Jim Pierce for for a long, 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 long time. Um, we we met, I think, like Wendy did. I met Jim and Bob Sands Tackle also. Um, just been going in and out of there, and we we got to talk. And you know, this is a long time ago about. The things that he would that delivered to the fishing industry, and he wanted my input on some of the new things. And every time he came up with a new product, he, he goes, "Here, Stan, take this out and test it, and see what I need to change, or if this works right, or whatever. What do you think?" So I, I was always working with him on little things. And then I, when I got going on some of these long range trips, I, I have a arts and crafts day that uh, if we're going down long range fishing for the Wahoo, I make the guys build their own Wahoo baits, and he goes, I want to be a part of that. So he would donate the skirts and the and the things that we'd put on these baits on all the different colored skirts because that's part of Leadmaster's uh, product line that you see on the shelves. Now, if we ever needed lead like we were fishing with uh, at night for these bluefin, we'd get the glow-in-the-dark uh, weights that he had, the, the sliders that we'd put on, half-ounce sliders, to give that the, the squid a little bit more weight on the way down, and it would help glow in the dark. You, it would help you get bit. Little things like that, but Jim was always being, you know, if he heard this might help the industry, he was all in to do that. And he was such a great support for myself and all of my charter trips over the last, God, 15 years, I don't know, <laughs> forever, Jim has been a part of our our trips. And he, like Wendy said, more than generous um, when he found, you know, people need finger tape, all right, he puts the finger tape out there. Every trip I went on, Stan, when's your next trip? How many guys are going? I'll send you finger tape. You know, flat falls, when uh, we came up with those, he uh, he go, try these hooks and see what you think. You know, do I need to change them, whatever else? I want them to actually work. But his heart was always for the industry. Uh, and like Wendy said, you know, he was generous beyond belief and and i love the man he he was a great friend i got a the text from wendy the morning you know when he passed away i was shocked uh, I, and you know i i i will miss my friend jim greatly uh, but what an you know another thing had. 
Yeah, another thing is that, you know, when somebody works for a company, you don't, a lot of people don't stay with that company for years and years, and usually they have a lot of fights and they just leave and find another job. His employees, a lot of them have been with him for 32 years, 25 years, 22 oh, yeah. years, and he treated his employees just like they were family. Well, and the big and thing, even when him. people said oh, they wanted to maybe, he was talking about maybe selling the business. He goes, not if they're going to not take my employees and take care of them. They were always first. Not only that, uh, Stan and Woody, he stood behind his products. Uh, we sold a lot of the California custom rods that uh, Leadmaster produced, and if a fisherman had any problem with it, a problem with a guide, maybe uh, uh, some of the wrapping come undone, there was an unconditional guarantee on that rod, and Jim would replace that rod, and he would have his people deliver the rod down to us here in San Diego from Palmdale to make sure that customer would be satisfied with the product. And I've got, I've got one short story that j- happened at uh, Day at the Docks. We were working with Jim at Day at the Docks, and a lot of people that are listening to us know that Jim was really suffering extremely from back problem. He was on medication that was just knocking the heck out of him. But he would still come out and do these shows and be with the people that he knew. He was working with us in our booth uh, at the Fred Ho- uh, at the day at the docks here in San Diego. Was working the register. He couldn't do much more than sit behind the uh, uh, the register and just you know ring up the sales. And Wendy and I were the MCs at that event. And the, during the course of the event. I walked on down and was just checking the booth, and Jim says, man, I've been sitting here for uh, six hours. i got to get up and take a pee. And he says, well, why would you do that, Jim? I'll watch the cash register for you. So he had a walker at that time, and he's walking over to the heads, and he's taking his time. And then there was an award ceremony going on on the stage. And... Jim stopped to watch the award ceremony because they were giving Wendy an award, and Jim and Wendy were great friends. And all of a sudden they go, and we have this special award that we want to give to Hopalong John Cassidy. And old Jim (laughs) is sitting there going, well, he's not up there. He's watching my register. So as fast as he could on that walk, he's... He's going down. He says, "John, John, you get up, get up on the stage. Oh, They're giving you an award." <laughs> I wondered what happened to you. <laughs> I says, "You know what? No problem, Jim." And we got on up there, and it was a good time. Jim is going to be a guy that we're going to miss. But Wendy, the key point that you mentioned—that he had good employees, he had good people at Leadmaster—and I don't know what's going to happen here in the future. I hope. Leadmaster can retain the position it had in the industry of, of supplying quality products to us in the market. Well, you know, I heard um, that Jim had given the company to his employees. Um, and, you know, that's just the type of person he was. He wanted to make sure that they were all taken care of. So hopefully, you know, everybody still buys from them and uh, the business will continue. You know, oh, the, and if anybody is interested in yes. go, uh, going to his uh, service, it will be on June 9th at his home in Asperia, and we have it on our Facebook page. 
Right. I'll post it there. I'll be at Crowley, doggone it. Yeah, uh, it 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 was such a shame. And what was even the worst part is a lot of us that were close friends with Jim had really seen him suffer with this back problem, yet he, he'd bounced back. And when he was with us at Day at the Docks, he was so much looking forward to. He finally got lined up to have the surgery. It was the same surgery that Tiger Woods had. He thought that would take care of his problem. And the day he was to go into hospital surgery, unfortunately, our good Lord took him. So, Jim, I I know you can't hear us because you're out there fishing on the water, and the reception <laughs> of AM five forty is good, but it isn't that good. Not that good. <laughs> so make sure you check us out at RonRealRadio.com when you come on by. <laughs> hey guys, I want to thank you for a great show tonight. We've had a a good time standing, Wendy. Rob Tressel and Lori, when are you going out next? Uh, next weekend, I next hope. Next weekend, Saturday, we'll be on the water, flopping around. All right. Hey, and you want to get out on out there, too, because there's a lot of fish out there. They weren't biting this weekend, but there's there were reports of there being a lot of fish. Those fish are going to have to come up to feed. Mexico is no longer saining them, so they've got a direct line here into San Diego. Hey, everyone. That's it for tonight. I want to thank Rob and Lori for taking some time to thank be you, with John. us. Thanks for Stan having us. And Wendy, thank you too. Otto, thanks, thanks a lot for putting together a great show for us. Ben Harvey, always thank you to you. And always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Captain Eddie McCune and also our good friend Paul Leader at Alcone Ford. Thank you for keeping us on the air. So until then, everybody, go out and get them. Someone's catching your fish. Or they're getting away. We'll see you next Sunday night starting at 5.05 p.m. on AM 540. Stay tuned. We look forward to talking to you then. Good night, everybody. We're out. Shall I twist your arm? I'd say no more work for mine. Welcome to the club. On my door I'd hang a sign. Gone fishing. Instead of just a wishing. Papa Bing, I've stopped by your place a time or two lately, and you aren't home either. Well, I'm a busy man, Louie. I got a lot of big deals cooking. I was probably tied up at the studio. You aren't tied up, you dog. You was just playing old gone fishing. There's a sign upon your door. Pops, don't blab it around, will you? Gone fishing. Keep it shady. I got me a big one staked out. You ain't working anymore. I don't have to work. I got me a piece of Gary. Cows need milking in the barn. I have the twins on that detail. They each take a side. But you just don't give a darn. Give four bits of cow and hand lotion. You just...